Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon. It is Friday, May 28th. This is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group, and it is my distinct pleasure to introduce our guest today, Lisa Norell. And Lisa wrote uh, a book called Energize Growth Now, and I love uh, the tagline of The Marketing Guide to a Wealthy Company. And uh, as I was uh, getting to know Lisa a little bit in our pre-call, I was telling her that I am so, so ready to be the CEO of a well-funded company, and uh, the idea of that company uh, eventually being a wealthy company is quite appealing to me personally. And Lisa, as I was looking through your background, uh, first of all, I mean, it's very impressive that uh, the foreword in your book was written by Guy Kawasaki. Uh, many, of us, many of us have heard him speak. Uh, he has uh, spoken at one of the recent uh, travel industry conferences. But as I look through a number of the other people who you call mentors, um, again, very, very impressive group of people that you have surrounded yourself with. So congratulations on that. And why don't I let you uh, just give a little bit of your personal and, and professional background, and then we'll just dive right in and talk about the book. Great. Well, let's do that. And I'm going to make this short and sweet because nobody wants to hear about my background. I, I mean, people are in a state right now in in our, at least in the United States and the Western countries I've been speaking in, they're in a state of um, of hopeful yet cautious optimism about the recovery. So what I want to do in our 40 minutes together or so here today is I want to make sure that we help people walk away with some actionable items they can use to really kickstart their existing businesses and you know do things that are within their purview to uh, to accelerate growth. Everyone on the call, if you want more information, too, you can always go to EnergizeGrowth.com and read more about me, but that's not what this call is about. I've been in business uh, 27 years. I've worked for a number of companies, primarily growth companies, so that's why the focus of my book was on uh, helping established, successful growth companies take their businesses to the next level. And so how I do that now, Chicky, is um, I work with CEOs and their executive teams to help them improve performance because what I'm seeing is that companies are struggling with a couple of big things right now. Um, one is that they're seeing a feast or famine kind of mentality in their companies. So their revenues are really hard to predict. The other thing I'm noticing is a lot of companies are um, experiencing inconsistent revenues because their teams, which are oftentimes distributed, virtual, and global in nature, are just not consistently communicating their value to the marketplace. So what I, what I do is I help companies um, achieve some great, uh, great revenue increases as well as profitability increases by addressing those things and getting and developing much more powerful uh, growth plans and marketing plans for their businesses. Well, so that's, that's really it in a nutshell. And I've been uh, I've worked with Microsoft, Wells Fargo, um, IBM, Oppenheimer Funds, as well as a number of uh, entrepreneurial businesses over the years. So it's been a fun ride. 
Well, that's really great. And, and it's also, you know, really closely aligned with, uh, you know, with my background and, and my consulting firm, which I've had for 15 years, is completely focused on, on growth. And, you know, we've been very niche because we, um, we've been focused on the travel industry primarily. So, um, you know, I, I love getting your input from the broader business perspective. And, you know, why don't we start um, really with the, the definition of what it means to be a wealthy business? Because I think uh, for all of us, uh, the whole definition of wealth has completely changed uh, over the last few years, you know, from the personal uh, perspective of, you know, if you lived in a half a million dollar home, you know, you pretty much were, were in the upper echelon, but now we have tons of people uh, who you can't even tell whether they've paid their mortgage for the last six months, you know, and they still are living the life, but, you know, the, the um, actual elements of wealth have, have leached away. So um, when did you start noticing a difference in the change of this whole trend of, of what is defined as a wealthy business today? Well, that's a great question, and um, I really noticed it at two levels, Chicky. The first level was back in 2001, 2002. I was working for a billion-plus-dollar software company that had purchased our global, our professional services and training company, and I was doing great. I was on top of the world. I had um, a very large client by the name of Microsoft, which I think you read about in the book, and um, I was making tons of money. I was traveling the globe. I had members of my team located in 11 countries. And our job was to um, grow our business with Microsoft. And so, you know, at the time, it was a small division of the company. We were generating only $2 million in revenue. But we were the only division that ever had such a great process for growing growing the uh, client relationship, and the group eventually grew to an $11 million contribution to the firm. But even though we were successful in that way, I started to feel very empty. Even though the checks were coming in, I got to travel, you know, almost first class every single time, and, you know, we were really enjoying that height of the uh, technology industry uh, bubble. It did eventually burst for me personally, and I said, this is no longer fulfilling. So I'm not real, you know, money was no longer the, the same or synonymous for me as wealth. So that was the first level. And then the second level was that I was noticing when I was out working with clients, and boy, this is going to be a bit contrarian for a lot of people who, who are listening. I noticed a lot of the so-called smart advisors who were helping my clients position their company for exit or sale, were missing the boat on some key criteria for helping create a wealthier business. So bankers and CPAs and attorneys were telling my clients that their company's wealth was measured by having a strong team and having a clean office facility and you know, having a very strong balance sheet and all the things that you probably recognize from running a business yourself. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, we see things like WorldCom and Northern Rock in the U.K. and Adelphia, Enron, AIG, all of those so-called criteria that really mattered didn't matter as much anymore. There was something missing. So as I started uh, writing my book in 2008, I decided, you know, there's got to be some other criteria that are more important. 
And through the research and the work with my own clients, I learned there were seven additional criteria that most of these so-called smart advisors were missing entirely. So I looked at, we, we found that there were criteria such as making sure you have a steady stream of new clients, making sure everyone on your team can clearly articulate your company's value. That one really hit me because um, one year I spent time traveling the United States speaking to hundreds of CEOs in private groups. And on the average, if they were having a good day, most of them said that 20 per- maybe 20% of their employees could clearly articulate what they did and what their value was in the marketplace. Isn't that a scary number? Yeah, it really is. So I think those are a couple of criteria, and I could go on forever, but those were a couple that really surfaced when I looked at sustainable, successful companies and what they did that was different than some of the companies I've mentioned earlier. Oh, and by the way... Yeah, we'll circle back to the other other reasons because I I think it's going to be important to touch on those other criteria for growth because I, I agree with you. I think people are frequently measuring and rewarding the wrong things and and I repeat frequently um uh, the adage that you know what gets measured uh gets accomplished and what gets rewarded gets repeated and you know I think for companies to step back and to actually take a look at that uh is important but before we kind of circle back there I want to talk about what you mentioned that you got to the place where kind of it wasn't fun anymore and and you weren't energized so why aren't most business executives energized when it comes to marketing and planning? Because that's what's necessary to lay out the growth plan. Well, what I find, and by the way, um, I only work with established businesses who are already achieving success. So they're, they're already, you know, they've already gotten past that startup mindset of we just need some warm bodies and we need revenue. You know, so they're kind of past <laughs> right. the traditional um, startup conundrum that we've all lived through. So the, when I'm working with business owners and CEOs who, who lose that passion or that joie de vivre about their business, there are several reasons, but some that surface to the top. And the first one is one that I laugh about. Um, it's called shiny penny syndrome. Mm, and yeah. uh, <laughs> when I was a girl, you know, my mom worked in a an upscale retail store, and I had to walk to see her after school. And um, I'd have to walk along Main Street, so there was this huge sidewalk, and. One of the games I played was always to look down and see if I could find some coins on the sidewalk. And um, I I got pretty good at it, but there was one problem one day. I was so focused on looking for those shiny coins that I hit my head on a lamppost. (laughs) And so um, much like business owners get very focused on the next best thing or the sexy new trend and let's go stop what we're doing and maybe let's even stop what we're doing well and go focus on the shiny penny. I think there's a lot of that happening now in the world of uh, social media where so many companies are ignoring their positioning, ignoring their value proposition, and just going headfirst into a social media strategy without getting the few important strategic foundational things right first. So that's an example of, you know, shiny penny syndrome can happen to anybody who's smart, gifted, visionary, and successful. 
which I think is everyone here on the call. So it's just something to be aware of that if you do it too much, it can drain you of your energy and passion originally driving the business. Well, and quite frankly, marketing and planning take time away from the doing, from the selling and the business development and actually closing business. And so if you aren't fortunate enough in your organization to have a distinct team that does that, you know, strategic planning and growth planning, uh, other people have to stop what they're doing. And quite often, you know, and this is one of the things that I see in my consulting practice all the time, is that they've got tactical thinkers who they're trying to put in a strategic planning role, and it just doesn't work. You're, yeah, absolutely. I've seen that as well. And, um, you know, the worst they can do is what one of my cl- former clients did in San Diego. They're a technology company. And uh, they said, oh, well, Bob is a great salesperson. He closes lots of deals. And that was true when they were a, a $10 million division of a company. Then they became a $100 million division of the company in spite of Bob. But Bob's, uh, Bob was like one of those laser-focused salespeople who would close the deal at any cost. And he, he created so much collateral damage that, you know, they put him into these strategic sales roles and kept promoting him into, towards VP role. And um, their customer satisfaction scores and retention rates are abysmal as a result mm-hmm. of it. So they're in constant churn mode trying to win more deals to make up right. for the ones they lost. So you're right. I mean, the, the, the man was not capable, nor was he ever trained or coached to become that strategic thinker. Hmm. So let's get back to some some very practical strategies that will create more wealth for business. And again, whether it is an entrepreneurial uh, or small company, uh, because you know clearly Marge doesn't know where she's going to land. I'm I'm hoping that we're going to be able to revitalize the company that Rebecca and I uh, tried to build, so that we'll uh, soon be in that place where you know we're. Uh, watching the money coming in and, and having the right people. Uh, and, and uh, you know, Annette, who's on the call, and, and we've actually been joined by a couple of our other folks, uh, Melissa and Carol. And, and, and so, you know, these folks are all in different size businesses. So let's talk about strategies that will create more wealth, particularly in these volatile, you know, still very challenging times. Great. Well, I'll, I'll provide four. And the reason that I'm providing these um, – I believe these four strategies are practical and actionable, and um, that's why I'm recommending them, and they're really a great um, summary of what I teach with my clients as well as what you'll find in more detail in my book. So I'll go ahead and share those with you, Chicky. Great. Well, the first one, the first one I want people to look at, and and by the way, this is designed for people who don't have time for planning but still know they need to do some kind of planning. Um, the first one is to look at, uh, this is called the GROW model. So if you were to create a, a circle with G at the top, R on the right, O on the bottom, and W on the left going, going clockwise around the circle, I'm going to use the GROW model or the GROW formulas for the purposes of this conversation. So G stands for the gaps that are holding us back from our organization. Um, 
we don't have time to do SWOT analysis and, you know, go through four days of off-site planning on this, especially in this um, attention deficit disorder society that most of us live in. But you know what we do have time for, Chicky, is to look at what's holding us back from our right. true potential. Now, this took me 24 years to figure out, so I hope everyone's listening so they don't go through the same um, speed bumps <laughs> that I did. Um, there really are only two gaps that hold us back from being great. The first one is a lack of a written, easy-to-understand plan that everyone can use in the company. And what I mean by that are you should have some, you know, a dozen, 11 basic components of this plan that are completely focused on your clients or customers that help you understand things like what are the strategic market imperatives, you know, the business drivers that are forcing our customers to change or buy from us. Um, what's our vision for the company? What do we stand for in terms of our values? What are our top priorities? Um, why do clients buy from us and what's our unique value? Those are the kinds of things that go into a simple plan. Um, that's the first thing that you have to look at is where in that model do I have gaps? Um, and by the way, I will mention here for those listening, if you're really not sure what the gaps are because we all know how, know how hard it is to read the label from inside the bottle, you can go to my website and I have a free scorecard you can download uh, at energizegrowth.com and it's called the Wealthy Company Scorecard and we look at 49 different criteria uh, to help you determine, well, where are the biggest gaps? You, can't, you don't have time to tackle them all, so we help you prioritize those. The second gap that I invite people to look at, Chicky, is one that, again, your CPA and maybe some of the best strategy consultants in the world ignore completely, which is what are the limiting beliefs that are holding us back from reaching greatness? So if you can tackle limiting, your limiting beliefs and at least know how to manage them, and also have a written plan that everyone can understand and know where the gaps are, you are well on your way towards growing your business. So those are the first, that's the first part of the grow formula that I will mention. Is this helping so far? Oh, absolutely. In fact, it's helping me specifically think about how to approach the new business plan, you know, for this re-energized business. And, you know, I've been seeking a way to simply tell the story. Yes. Well, for those of you listening, if you are in the business of serving your clients and there's anything you can do that saves them time, overwhelm, and stress, most likely you're on to something powerful. Because we are, you know, there's, we are definitely out of balance as a society because of the sheer volume of information that comes at us, where people have now, many of us have fallen over on the scale from feeling well-informed to feeling inundated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anything that, that you can do and that anything I can do with my work to help simplify the growth planning process is a good thing. And that's what this is designed to do. So tell us what the other letters stand for. So G, G is about gaps. G is for gaps. R is for relationships. Um, again, 
my job is to make sure that we don't tip the scale too much towards transactions and remember how important in today's society relationships really are. And a wise man once said, Chicky, that when the, ro- when the water is low, the rocks appear. So now that many of us may be in a lull with our business or our careers, what a great time to look beneath the rocks and see where some of the issues are that we can clean up in a cost-effective, rapid fashion. This is a great time for every single one of us to look at how have I tightened up my professionalism? Um, how are my so-called brand touch points, either as an individual brand or as a company brand? In other words, are my voicemails as professional and consistent as my email signature line or as my dressing, my dress code, the office layout, um, my correspondence? And how quickly am I responding to voicemails and emails? Those are, this is a great time to really amp it up and look at those areas and say, you know, this is a really good time to watch my relationships improve dramatically just by being more professional and consistent around those types of touch points. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing about relationships, uh, this one oftentimes grates on people who are under the age of 35 and are in love with text messaging and Facebook, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, Be very cautious with replacing human interaction with web-based and text-based channels. It has been proven over and over again that texting and text-based channels are the coldest way to connect with people. You know, you don't have a deep relationship with someone because you texted them what you were having for breakfast. I'm sorry, (laughs) Chicky. That does not make you best friends, or BFFs, as they say. Right. And the other thing is, people cannot understand your true intentions because of an email. So please, if you have any any transactions you're involved in right now, and they involve some either you know deep discussion or disagreement to get to the, the a common ground, please do not use email as a way to substitute human contact. Uh, I I so agree with that, and you know we have been talking just within our group, within the solutions group, about how really for us, I mean, 2010 is the year of the relationship, and you know we got so busy and relied so much on electronic communication, and social media has you know clearly exasperated that, that people aren't paying attention anymore, and you know. Email, case in point, I mean, I'm sitting with 8,300 items in my email box because there's so much junk in there, I don't even have time to clean it out. Uh, you know, and I, I know how to filter, you know, the things that are important from, you know, clients, potential clients and, and things that I was looking for. But I think people have gotten so desensitized uh, to all of those electronic means of communication um, that we really do have to get back to the phone or, or preferably face-to-face when we can. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, one of, the comp- one of the other things that I encourage people to do is just do an inventory of all of your communities that you've designed where you can, ha- you can watch your customers evangelize about you. I love that word, and I stole that from Guy Kawasaki. But, um, you know, my guess is that most of you here are participating in one other social network other than the Executive Girlfriends group. 
so you're probably using YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. or some of these others. Just know that you know it's it's better to work use those to supplement the human contact so that you don't sway the um, the pendulum too much towards just high tech and make sure you've got some very good high touch types of networks set up. It might be something as simple as, you know, having a wine tasting once a month with seven or eight of your best advisors in your city. But that's something that I do on a regular basis. Um, Zappos is a great example of that with all of their, um, you know, dozens of touch points that their customers have where they can rave about Zappos customer service, whether it's, you know, the uh, million-plus Twitter followers that, CEO Tony Shea has, or their 800 number, which is very excellent and well-designed. Um, you know, 75 of their employees publish blogs. They, have, they invite customers to come and get a tour of their office. I mean, it's fantastic. So um, just look at those environments and see which ones either you can cut back on or which new ones you can create. So that's it around. I, I could talk for hours around the R, but those are a few things people can do right away that a, again, are not expensive, but um, really bring more of that humanity back into business relating. So what is the O? The O is not for Oprah. It is for <laughs> Getting on Oprah, yeah. <laughs> no, the O, well, you can't get on Oprah probably because her show is going to be over pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, so people will have to set a new bar for uh what the the uh, top PR play is. <laughs> Maybe it'll be Ellen DeGeneres or something. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but um, O is for your outlook. And boy, this one I I feel for everyone because I know there are days I get up and I go, oh my gosh, my outlook is not so good right now. And we're not talking Microsoft Outlook. Um, <laughs> you know, there are really three components to Outlook that I invite you to look at and pick one of them to see where you stand. Um, The first one is your attitude and the way in which you see the world. The second one is how do you see yourself in the world? Is your role to be a a mentor and a partner to the people that you care about, or is it to be a parasite who's looking for leads or looking for the next hot thing? And then the third area is how do I stay informed? So this, you know, I've done some housekeeping chicky in the last few months. I've gotten very conscious of my attitude, and um, I got rid of a couple of deadbeat clients. I had a couple of friends that were very focused on the negative and were very focused on inertia and status quo in their lives, and I just kind of, you know, keep in touch with them, but I don't spend a lot of time with them. Um, The other thing is to just use this time to be generous and really believe that the world, there is enough for everyone to go around. So find ways to help others without any expectation that you're going to get something in return for that service and keep those outlets alive and well in your life. Uh, Much like I'm sure many of you do here in the girlfriends group where you help each other and don't expect that, you know, tomorrow you're going to suddenly get a million-dollar assignment out of it. Number three is, this one is really important right now. This is a good time to feed your mind good stuff and look at, do an inventory of how you stay informed. 
Um, this one is really important to me because if I put junk food in my mind, my I cannot connect to the right to the subconscious. You know, because the bad news is overpowering and overshadowing the good news in the world, right. and it fuels those limiting beliefs I talked about earlier. So just pretend that your mind is the world's gourmet food market, you know, and just like you are walking down Whole Foods aisles and you're, you're looking at these labels like, hmm, should I buy this? Does it have corn syrup in it? Is it high fat content? So all I'm asking you to do is if your mind is a gourmet food market, put that same in effort into your information diet as you may be doing with your food diet. Mm, that's really, so, really great advice. So, you know, an example of that, uh, you know, I, I read publications like the Wall Street Journal because every time I read it, I read about a success story or a new a company that has just found some new growth opportunities, and, um, and I don't watch the news at night because it's usually about violence and mayhem. Um, so everyone on the call should be reading at least one or two global publications like The Economist um, because those are, that's a great way to stay connected to good things that are happening outside of our borders. So that's, those are some things to think about with your outlook is your attitude, your role in the world and how generous you are and how you feed your mind good stuff. Those are three things right there I encourage and then in terms of the wealth plan, which is our W in the formula, mm-hmm. Chicky, I think we've talked quite a bit about that. That's where really money and wealth are no longer the same thing. And there are these additional requirements that you probably read about in my book that have to be considered for really building a sustainable, wealthy business or brand. Right. So there are a few, a couple of others there, too, I encourage people to look at. Look at um, how continuously is your company innovating, you know, and um, are you focusing mostly on providing products and services that are conser- con- considered commodities in your marketplace? Mm-hmm. Or are you like Apple where you're constantly innovating and now their valuation has trumped Microsoft's valuation as of yesterday. Really? Oh, that's amazing. Yes. And I, then I'm another, a long-time Apple fan, so that's, that's actually good news. Yes, yes. And, I mean, there are, hosts, there are dozens of other examples of that, you know, Facebook and Google. Mm-hmm. And right. um, I think Zappos has completely rewritten the book on innovations and customer service. So, I mean, look around you and say, what can I be doing to make sure everyone on my team is continuously innovating? Mm-hmm. And um, I can't stress this one enough either. Is Are you designing a business so that it inspires and educates others? A company I'll mention here that does this really well is a, it's a software company. And you'd think, well, how can a software company inspire and educate others? If you've never been to the, web, uh, the website HubSpot.com, you'll see what I mean. They populate their website with free education on inbound marketing, probably on a daily basis. 
And I think they have 7,500 customers now. And there's a reason that they have 7,500 customers. It's because they focus all of their marketing efforts on educating people on the pros and cons of inbound marketing and social media and other things confusing to us. So they're, you know, they didn't go at it as we're a software company. They went at it as we're an education company. And right. it's reaping dividend. It's reaping rewards for them and their VC community. So those are some things. Again, I, we don't have a lot of time to go into this. I us, this usually takes me a, a few hours to cover with my sure. clients. But um, I wanted to at least really tickle everyone's um, imagination today and, and really provoke you into saying, what could I do differently if right. I use this GROW formula, which are GAPS, relationships, your outlook, and my wealth formula, if I just tackled one of these, what what would be possible for me? Right, and you know, just just to uh, bring this all to a close, um, the the one lingering question that I have, because this is what uh, has caused frustration with with certain clients in the past, and and when you talk about cleaning house and getting rid of unproductive clients, uh, one of the reasons why I've had to do that in the past is because people know what to do. They're actually motivated to grow. I mean, you know, perhaps they have a, a private equity company, you know, trying to push them along or, you know, they've got some other uh, reason that they want to grow. And, and, you know, clearly there's a plethora of books and, you know, webinars and podcasts um, that have all the right messages. But at the end of the day, they don't execute. They don't implement. So what causes that paralysis or inertia, status quo, Whatever it is, what causes that and how do you break that? I'll go back to um, the first thing I mentioned about the gaps. For me, it's um, number one, they have a written plan that's either non-existent, overly complex, or just so poorly designed that you know they could never achieve it. It has to be a plan that's simple, that has a very finite set of priorities, and is backed by a culture of individuals who are passionate and committed to the mission and the vision of the company. Um, and the second is these, the gaps I talked about, which generally are limiting beliefs and mindsets that we tell ourselves that get in the way of the company really succeeding. So if you're around and you're talking to your clients and you hear things like, we tried that once before and that didn't work, so why bother doing it again? Or, you know, I am a software expert by trade, so I can't do marketing planning or growth planning. Or, you know, this is difficult, expensive, and time-consuming, so why bother doing it? If you're hearing things like that, chances are that those limiting beliefs, which I affectionately call the beast, are going to derail your growth potential. So we're just humans, Chicky. I mean, we're never going to get rid of limiting beliefs. But if you read, if you read the, the systems and the questions that I put in my book uh, to walk you through how to manage those limiting beliefs, at least you can cut them off at the pass before they take over. Right, right. Well, Lisa, this has been incredibly practical, uh, very inspirational for me personally, and uh, you know, I'm actually going to use your book as a, a way to lay out my new business plan. 
And uh, I look forward to sharing that success with you. I and would love to. See, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, uh, I would like to just give uh, just uh, a, a couple of minutes for questions if you have the time. Do you have a couple um, of minutes I've got, left? I've got a few minutes, and I also want to make sure that um, people know how to reach me if they have questions. Absolutely. Well, um, I did send you an invitation to the Executive Girlfriends Group uh, site. That is the best way to store your information because then they don't have to go looking for it in handwritten notes. So um, I, if you have not logged in there yet, I will uh, send you some notes on how to do that. I have also put a link uh, to order your book uh, directly off of, of our website, uh, and also uh, that will be on um, on uh, the private site as well. So uh, we provide that for our uh, our listeners so that they can get at you a number of different ways, but that it's always there even if they think about it three or four weeks from now. Well, I wanted you to know I do practice what I preach, and one of the things I really care about is helping the Executive Girlfriends Group thrive. So right. I do have a, a special invite I want to extend, if that's okay. Absolutely, and on your uh, profile on the Executive Girlfriends Group site, there's a blog page uh, where you can uh, actually record that there so that people who don't listen to the audio uh, get a chance to hear it. But go ahead and share it with the group, and then uh, we'll get that memorialized uh, on your profile okay. as well. <laughs> memorialized, I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, for those of you who are listening, um, Again, I just want you to walk away today. Take Just pick one action step or one area. And um, my invitation to you is that you go to my website and download the free Wealthy Company Scorecard. If you believe that the future of your business is worth seven minutes of your time, take the scorecard and... I'm going to offer three complimentary uh, business energy boost consultations to those of you who do complete the scorecard and do own a business. And I will, you know, these are normally $500 value, but I want to do this to help the group thrive. So if you download the scorecard and you, um, and you are interested and you buy my book, I will do the, the consultation as a gift for you until June 15th. So if anybody's listening and wants to take advantage of that, uh, we'll schedule some time on the phone and we'll go through that and help you find those gaps that I talked about earlier and help you put an action plan together to zap those gaps. So I just wanted to let people know they can go to energizegrowth.com or blog.energizegrowth.com and uh, find the scorecard and sign up. We'd love, I'd love right. to help you. And I will put that link right now onto your profile so that people can just uh, type in Lisa Norell and uh, the link will be there. Thank you, Chicky. This right. was fun. Do we have any questions? Anybody have any questions? And Annette, you're not too noisy if you want to take it off of mute. All right. Well, we have a, a, a group that I think is uh, waiting with bated breath for the long weekend. <laughs> but Lisa, right. it has been also it's been so thorough. And thank you for giving us the visual model. I find that helps me so much. You're um, welcome. Yes, yes. So 
You have a wonderful weekend, and uh, we will talk to you later. And uh, I am also going to turn the recording off at this juncture because what is said on the egg call stays on the egg call. All right. The Vegas rules. Thank you so much, Absolutely. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.